Welcome back to another episode. Today, we're joined by Evan Mahaffey. Ev, appreciate you coming on. Sure, glad to be here. Yeah, it's going to be filled with a ton of fun banter, but just to start, maybe for some listeners who don't know who you are, if you just want to briefly explain, you know, your journey, high school, and how you ended up now at Ohio State. Yeah, so my name is Evan Mahaffey. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, born and raised. I went to um, Moeller High School there. Um, it's like an all-boys private Catholic school. Um, really, really good history, though. Basketball, all types of uh, athletics, football. Um, but both from there, I went to Penn State my freshman year. Um, I was there for a year. Um, then my coach left and went to the University of Notre Dame, which um, I took to the transfer portal. And now I'm at Ohio State playing basketball during my sophomore year. So that's just a quick spiel of my little dream. Yeah, and uh, I've always wanted to ask. I haven't asked ZG yet either. What mm-hmm. was going to an all-boys high school like? Like, I can't even fathom that. For I So when I was growing up, I never thought I would go to any private school or anything. I was like, no, like that, that stuff's weird. But like I went and shadowed it my freshman year towards the end of my freshman year. And I'm like, let me just go see what it's like. Because um, my dad's really good friends with um, Miles McBride. He plays for the Knicks now. He went to West Virginia. Um, my dad's good friends with his dad. And he sort of talked to him a little bit. Just as like, yeah, this is what this school's done for like my family, my son, like the, um, just helped them grow up and to be like uh, great men. So I shadowed and like from the second I got in there, I was like, yo, like this is dope. Like it was just like chill vibes all over. Like everybody was super, super cool. The teachers were like, come to you, talk to you. Like for like, it felt like it was my, like I was already at the school. So they made me feel so comfortable there, which was so nice. So I enjoyed it every second of it. It was, um, it was definitely a lot of yelling, a lot of a lot of that stuff, but it was it was always a good time though. I enjoyed it. Did you have any consideration in following your coach to Notre Dame, or was Ohio State always the choice? Um, definitely so, because I like the coaching staff that I had at Penn State. I think um, other than two assistants, uh, pretty much everybody went with them. But um, I loved them. I thought they were a great staff. Um, I know there were some like outside factors, like with my family. Um, um, coming closer home was a really big thing. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like I still, um, I was really good. Uh, I was really close to one of the coaches before, like I even committed anything to Penn State. So I keep, still keep in contact with him, checking up on each other. So I think definitely it was in consideration for sure. And then coming out of high school, uh, why was it Penn State? I know obviously you had the connection with coaches, but what else stood out to you? Yeah, so I would um, – my senior year – well, my junior year going into um, senior year, that AU season, um, I sort of was always, like, under the radar type. Um, I never really played for a big AU program until my sophomore year, but that's when COVID was happening. So um, the exposure wasn't the same as it, as it would have my sophomore year. So um, going into that year, that was sort of the year I was supposed to, like, take that leap and sort of um, really become – uh, um, get that exposure level to get different uh, scotch offers. I had a couple before then, but I got hurt um, that summer, like towards the beginning of that summer. And Penn State, um, Coach Huger just got the job at Penn State from Purdue. So um, we had a connection from there, and he still recruited me at Penn State. And one of the coaches that he hired was the guy that I'm close with. He's from Cincinnati area. So um, 
talking to them even after I got hurt and how they were still really enthusiastic about me and the potential me coming there really just was like, oh, like that's love for sure. Cause they could easily have been like, ah, this kid's hurt. We didn't see enough of them. Like we even, but they were still, um, supporting. Um, they were still talking to me every day. And I thought, um, that like coach who's he's from the NBA too. He coached the Celtics for a while. Um, he's won in the big 10. He won at Purdue. Um, so it was just really, really, um, it really was – I got lucky because uh, I felt like I got a really, really good coach at a good time too um, with him being his first year at Penn State. You were part of uh, Penn State's first tournament win in over 20 years. Uh, what was that experience like? Man, that was that was crazy. That was so, so cool though because the campus – you could just uh, the support that came with it was really awesome. I know when I was going through the recruit process, she was just like, like – look at the football, look at the wrestling, look at the volleyball, like all these programs are winning and look at the support that are behind them every single year. And I'm like, dang, like imagine if we just make one tournament, like the support is there. Cause I know that was one of the biggest things that um, Penn State basketball was always like the support isn't there all the time. So like two, not too many people were attracted to go there, but um, just playing that year and that stretch, that stretch from, going from our last two games of, like, regular season to the Big Ten tournament. So the NCAA tournament was just the craziest time. It happened so fast. But going and playing and being at a place that you watch your whole life growing up, it was amazing. Like, nothing like it. Um, I wanted to ask you, what was the decision like, you know, putting yourself in the transfer portal, and why did you choose OSU? Um, I was definitely hard because I built a lot of really great relationships at Penn State, especially with my teammate, the class I came in with, those um, my freshman friends that I came with. We were all really, really close. So the initial part was hard. I know it helped a lot having my family just like um, talking through it with them. Just being like, hey, like we're just exploring our options, just trying to see um, what can come of it. So initially it was really hard, but once, cause especially and you have to go through the whole recruiting process again, which that can be. Um, pretty hectic at times, I guess you could say. So um, going into the portal was tougher, but once um, I was in the portal, I feel like been going through it once the second time around, it's a little bit like, all right, like I know what I want. Like I know sort of the type of things I'm looking for, um, which like if it could be closer to home, that was one of the big things that um, would have helped for sure. But then just the uh, possible, the, the team, the history of the team, um, the winning possibilities too was a big thing. Cause, um, I think especially when you play an NCAA tournament once, like you want that again, like you want to just keep that. So just having the ability to win um, and be a part of that um, at a high level was a big thing for me too. So when I was, when I initially got into the portal, that was just some of the things that I automatically took um, so that when I was in the portal, I could tell the teams right off the bat, like, Hey, like um, I'm not interested. I am interested. um, For sure. Yeah. Nick, what was a, your tournament experience like in your collegiate career? Oh, my fault, my fault. What about you, Dan? Okay, just checking, just checking. <laughs> nah. This, Ducks and Rebels making it this year, though. I would absolutely love nothing more than that. But, Evan, besides uh, all the other factors, what was that story you were telling me the other day? Like, when you walked in on your Ohio State visit, there was, like, mm-hmm. some, like, you know, 5'11 manager from the West Coast, like, jacked athletic yeah. good looking like smooth talking you're like if they're breed i'm like this here i wonder what they can do for me exactly i remember that very vividly yes you lost and, me at 5 11 who uh <laughs> what you mean 
Who's the other West Coast manager you guys have? I thought uh, said- I thought Nick was from Ohio, right? Yeah. So it couldn't be him. Um, who, who, who else do you guys have? Uh, Keaton? He, he's not from West Coast, is he? He's San, he's San Diego. San Diego. Okay, so it might have been Keaton then. But I thought Keaton was not 5'11", so I'm confused. Nah, nah Keaton, Keaton like 6'2", 6'3". Evan, who is he talking about? So I, I'm pretty sure he's talking about himself, but that's just my guess. That's just my guess, though. Hey, the fellow Penn State to Ohio State transfer. Yes. All right, Ev, we, we got to do a fun little segment. Hopefully yeah. you have it here for me. Go-to creamery ice cream flavor. Because I have mine. Okay. I know, and you know what? I know you're going to hate it, but for some reason, I always just get the vanilla bean. And I like, and it's mostly because at the um at the marketplace, I don't know in the um the north, that no east east dorms east marketplace yeah. yeah east marketplace they always have like the pints and I would go in there and just grab the vanilla bean because that was the most basic. I was like, let me just get this one. I don't really want to mess up and get the wrong one. So I was like, let me just grab that one, and I just stuck with that one. Like that was my one and and forever now. Whenever I go, I just kill the yeah. Bean. For sure. I still stand by. I mean, I'm all Ohio State everything now, but the creamery ice cream, I will give credit where credit's due. Best ice yeah. cream I've ever had. Not close. It's like, good. at all. It's, yeah. Really yeah. good. Cookie dough was my go-to, but bouncing back to hoops now, mm-hmm. you know, you're a sort of a modern-day hybrid forward, can guard one yeah. through five, really, handle the ball, get to the rim, shoot it a little bit. What is, you know – your game like and what do you sort of model it after like any sort of specific players you try to embody um I think not really like I would say growing up me and my dad we used to just take different things from different players like I would say um that was and that was sort of the normal thing um growing up for me um because when I it was crazy when I was growing up I played with for my dad but like I was one of the taller kids as a younger age so I was playing the five for a while but then I got to like elementary, going to middle school, and um, I sort of started playing the one. Like I started just, like playing the one, so it was just like I had these different skill sets just from like an early age playing different roles. Even though you're young, but you're like not just stuck in one position because you're taller. Like I was playing the one a little bit, I was playing the wing. So it was just growing up, I had all these different um, experiences playing at uh, different roles um, um, for my dad. So. Um, now, when I got to high school, um, my coach is just like, okay, like, why don't you just bring up the ball? Like, we've seen you dribble. Like, you're fine. Like, just bring up the ball. So it's just, like, using all those different tools that I've gained throughout the years really helps shape my game now. And I think more than anything growing up, I watched a lot of um, – I just I just watched people. But, like, even not even taking, like – not saying, like, I play like these people, but just watching, like, the way they get to, like, Kevin Durant, like – just him growing up because he was just always taller, skinnier. Like I was always skinnier. So I was just like, I loved seeing him um, the way he gets like the mid range, the mid range post ups, just shooting over people. I think um, those are some of the big things I always watched um, with him. But now more than, but now in today's game, um, I watch a lot. Like Jason Tatum is somebody I love to watch. Um, I love to watch Jimmy. I love to watch Jimmy Butler play just because he plays so hard and just like, this tenacity to win. I feel like that's another characteristic I take from him. But um, 
But yeah, I watched tons of people growing up. My dad having watched Magic Johnson highlights and stuff. Like um, he would just, we would just take a lot of different things from different people, which I feel like molded me into the person I am now, which I feel like um, I have that tenacity to guard multiple positions, no matter, just doing whatever needs to be done to win is really the thing. Yeah, like that tenacity word in the Jimmy Butler comp. Because I mean, last year yeah. at Penn State, like there were times they'd, have four shooters and play you at the small ball five. Yeah. And even like here, it's like you can bring the ball up. You can run the one, you can run mm-hmm. the wing. You also play the five. And I feel like, you know, having that diverse skill set, especially where basketball is going today is if you can have, you know, like this height, the wingspan, the length, and then mm-hmm. also be able to guard one through five. That's a tool that virtually any program or any team wants. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think um, just now that's why I'm like, I'm loving who I am. And now that's taking that and moving to the next level and just um, becoming really, really good at some of those things in those areas just like is really, really big for me and the growth of my game as well. Yeah, 100%. Definitely excited to see you grow even more. Yeah. But what are some, I guess we'll do for this season and then mm-hmm. five, 10 years. What are some short term goals that you have mm-hmm. for yourself? Can be basketball related or not? And then yeah. what is, you know, some long-term life goals that you have? I think some short-term goals are really, um, for me, coming here was always, like, just the win. Like, whatever it is, win. Just um, going into the season, especially off the season that Hase had last year, I think um, one of the biggest things that there's some audio playing in the back, sorry. But one of the big things was just to uh, to win. So um, coming here and, yeah, like I said, having the season last year, but just to do whatever it takes, contribute in that way to get to NCAA tournament, win um, in the Big Ten as well. So that's one of the big, uh, me personally, just affecting winning in a positive way. But then also just the growth in the Big Ten for me, the growth um, with um, – myself this season i feel like i'm um, coming here I, I, the industry in the portal i wanted a little bit bigger role and i feel like i got the opportunity here so just being able to take advantage of the opportunity and um and grow and develop and become um, a really good player um in this conference and then uh, really in the country um is really with some of the goals that i have for myself um just that growth aspect for sure um yeah oh they said what five to ten years yeah some long-term goals that you might have I think ultimately going to the NBA, um, making it making it there and then thriving there as well, not just making it, just um, not being a regular, just being able to um, go into a league that I've watched my whole life and just thrive and play um, play the highest level of basketball. Um, but then also on the flip side of that, grow, playing in that type of basketball, but also in the um, in the in the business world too. Right now, I'm a finance major. And I feel like. Um, my mom always told me, my dad was told me, like, basketball is just really, like, I've always loved basketball. But there's always been this piece of me that's always loved to um, go outside the scope and just try something different. So I think once I am in that position, just growing and um, being able to look at different things in the business world that I can get into, um, owning my own business is something that I really want to do one day. Um, being able to contribute something positive to this world is something I really want to do, too. So um, finding my niche in that, too, um, is something I want to do. Once, especially once I have the funds to support that um, will be something for me. Yeah, I love that. Actually, absolutely love that, you know, perspective. And you don't really see a lot of student athletes, especially, you know, prominent players on 
high major teams doing a hard major like finance or thinking about business in the future? Is that sort of something that you've always, you know, thought about? Is that like, because a lot of players just focus solely on basketball, but I feel like you're already like planning long-term ahead, like for life, which is amazing. Yeah. I think it's, it's always been in me um, from an early age. Cause I've always like, I can't, I can't say I love school. Like I, I enjoy it, but I just love the learning aspect of it. I love um, learning new things and just understanding new things. So um, like, I can't say I love sitting in class for like two hours, but I can say like, if I can get something from it, I can be like, okay, that was cool. But um, from an early age, I was just, my mom always instilled in me like, Hey, like you're a really good athlete, but like, just what's, what more can you add to it? And um, I'm Christian too. My, that's my um, the faith that, so just being able to, um, use my faith, um, drive to um, lead myself in that way on, on the court, but also be that person off the court, be that really good uh, Christian person off the court and do other things outside of just uh, play basketball. So um, if that's um, getting a job and doing something else in the business world, but um, use my faith in whatever I'm doing um, is some of the things that were installed in me at a young age that um, I want to continue to bring um, no matter where I am. And if you don't mind uh, talking on it, and if you do, it's perfectly fine. How do you feel like, you know, that perspective and your faith and your relationship with God, you know, sort of help shape whether it's you on the court, off the court, yeah. and what makes Evan Evan? I think it shapes a lot because I, I grew up in the church. My mom, I grew up doing plays and stuff in the church. I grew up singing. <laughs> so it was just like I was and I can't say I always loved it because I didn't, I didn't understand it. But now when you're away from home and you you really start to go back to like your morals and that, your morals and I feel like that's one of the main things that I, I've always leaned back on, and it really shaped me into the person that I am with just the, how um, I approach people, how I talk to people. I feel like um, I'm a nicer person um, to talk to, so I think um, just being that same person no matter where I am is how I feel like it shaped me um, in a positive manner for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna need to get my hand on some of that play footage. See oh, young you Evan really, singing. Oh my goodness, there's like countless amount of plays. I probably could find a tape somewhere, but it's just it was crazy. Yeah, and uh, one other thing, it sort of came to me as like a good NBA comp for you. Uh, another former Nittany Lion, Lamar Stevens, that sort of yeah. hybrid forward, high energy guy, and. A lot of this just might be my resentment for watching Julius Randle last night. You'll see a lot of players, whether it's high school all the way up to NBA, you know, not give as much effort as they could, especially on the defensive Mm -hmm. end, crashing the glass, diving for loose balls, just being sort of an energy spark. And I feel like you're definitely one of those players who isn't like Randle in that regard, you know, sort of energy spark, crash the glass, dive on the floor. Is that like sort of a mentality thing for you? A want it more? Because stuff like that takes no skill. It's just effort. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Like I was, that's one thing. And my dad, so my dad played in college, played at Miami of Ohio. And he was never the most skilled, but like, and he was like a six four, like power four. He was like Charles Barkley basically at that time. So he was like, he was undersized, but he was strong and he played hard. Like at the end of the day. So I feel like I get a lot of that from him and just the tenacity to win over, um, Overall, I think last year that um, that sort of came back to me because I feel like in high school, like once I was like sort of still as like a, a better player in our area, I think some of that stuff might have lacked like my senior year. Like I still I had a really I had a, a really good year, but I feel like I might have lost that part of me. But playing last year, um, 
as a freshman coming into um, an older team, a really old team um, with some of those guys are in the NBA now. So it's like you have to find your niche where you can get on the court. You have to find out where you can fit in and play. Um, so that was one of the things that I could uh, that I could do to um, play, which is just dive for loose balls, offense rebounding, everything. So um, those are some of the main things that came back to me, I feel like mostly last year, that um, were always in me that um, that definitely you get back to just to stay on the court, like, for real. Absolutely. Love mm-hmm. it. Love that stuff. Take zero effort for stuff like that. Yeah. Always. you got to have that effort uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, mm-hmm. obviously. What was it like uh, being a freshman playing big time, uh, big 10 minutes? Um, It was awesome. I think some of the times, like, I'd look around, like, at, at certain games and just be like, whoa, like, this is cool. Like, this is really cool. And um, I think going through that last year was really, really big for me because now this year, like, I sort of know what to expect a little bit more, especially being on a team that was better in the Big Ten last year that played um, played in the Big Ten uh, championship game, too. So it was like um, knowing sort of what to expect in that regard. I feel like I'm a little bit wiser in that area. Um so that's nothing that I think I'm bringing to this team, a little, a little experience in the league, um, playing in those big atmospheres um, really did, I feel like, help me and shape me now to um, knowing what to expect and sort of those uh, playing the way environments. Because those, they tell you, those environments get crazy, like get jumping for sure. So um, it will, it, I feel like playing in that um, regard with an older team where the players where they could be like, hey, like we got lock in here. Like this is a big stop. Like, but this is like eight minutes left in the in the second in the second half. Like we got like eight minutes left to play. It's okay. But like, no, this stop can stop them from going on the run, kill the momentum of the crowd, and then uh, we have a media right after. So it's like being able to um, learn those different things um, last year. I feel like it's uh, really helps me. Yeah, those environments are no joke. I mean, mm-hmm. Assembly Hall, Mackey yeah. Arena, Breslin Center, like. They're legit. What yes. was a what was your favorite road environment that you played in last year within the conference? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say my favorite one was Northwestern at the time when we played them because they were really good last year, and their arena is like really new and updated. But I've always liked playing in those smaller arenas where it's like the crowd is right on top. of so, but like we didn't play at Indiana, we didn't play at Michigan State, we didn't play at Iowa. I've heard like oh, um, some of those are like pretty popping, but like Northwestern, and we came out with a win there too, which was really really big. But just the how loud it got in there it was like deafening, and it was it was so cool though. Just uh, how and it was like their senior night too, so it was like just really really packed and loud. Um, there in Maryland's gym was um, I liked playing there. It was really really big, really packed too, for sure. Well, you're in for a treat this year. I mean, Carver, Hawkeye, Breslin Center, Assembly Hall, yeah. those are three top five easily. That uh, yes. that Northwestern game was crazy, though, wasn't it? Like, you guys were, like, on the bubble, and who hit, like, that yeah. corner three to win it, right? Yeah, Cam. So, yeah, we were literally, I think, right before. that was So, that was part of the two-game stretch. So, it was that game, then Maryland game right after. So, yeah. if we won, so we won that one, which sort of, it didn't solidify that we are making a team tournament, but, like, it kept us there, like, on that bubble. And then when the Maryland game, sort of like push us above it where we were like sort of in, but like knowing like if we like, which we did, we won the first round of our um, big 10 tournament that sort of solidified us going to the NCAA tournament. So that, that sort of um, stretch right there was so big for us. 
Didn't that Northwestern game have like a crazy ending too, though? Yeah, it did. So like, I remember that. Was it? No, it did. It did. We went to overtime. Um, it was back and forth like the whole game, um, and we ended up having a game winner to win it. So yeah, that was Northwestern game, and then the Maryland game, we had a game winner again to win that one. So and the Maryland game was home. So it was like two days span back, like back to back game winners. It was crazy. I remember watching those. It was crazy in that. Micah Shrewsbury offense, the yes. five out at times. What was that like playing sort of a NBA offense within college in the Big Ten where it's yeah. usually not very NBA oriented at all? I think it was great. It was great for my learning too. Um, coming from like my dad was a coach. So coming from a coach's son, you feel like you know a lot about the game. But seeing it from that perspective of like he's like coach at the highest level, it's like, whoa, like there's a lot more to this game than I thought. So um, just learning. I learned a ton from him and um, that coaching staff. So I'll always be grateful uh, for, to, to them for that. But learning so much about the defensive calls that they make um, offensively, the different schemes that they run, um, the different terminology that they use, too, was uh, really big, too. So um, playing for him and just playing in that system really um, sort of – that's one of the reasons why I went there. Like, I knew we were going to be doing that. Like, he sort of told us through the recruitment process, like, hey, like, this is how we're playing. This is how, this is how the best players in the world play. So that's this is how we're going to play. So um, being able to learn from um, them was really, really cool for me too. Yeah, it's cool now too. You had the – sort of the Celtics offense because he was there with yeah. that. And now with Coach Brandon, you can get some insight on the Celtics defense. You got the best yeah. of both worlds there. Literally, Yes. As somebody who next year is going to start being in the Big Ten, Evan, I have to ask you, what are your top three wintertime essentials? Because I'm a West Coast guy. We're you know, yeah. we're Northwest right now. It's cold, but it's not Big Ten cold. Yes. I'm traveling next year. I need to know what are your top three wintertime essentials I might need to borrow one or two from you. All right, Beth. So, and you know what? I'm going to say this number one because it's starting to get cold here. And Penn State last year, oh, my goodness. That was like – the wind there too makes it so much worse. It's bad. It's so bad. And I had like a scooter last year. So my number one would be gloves. Like if, especially if we're going to walk around, like I'm walking around on campus, I'm like already about, I'm like ordering pairs of gloves. Like I need some gloves. Yes. And then that coat, you need that bubble coat. You need some type of coat always um, because that will save your life. I've like those jackets will not do it, especially with the wind. Um, then I'll say my last one is just, you need a hat. You need a hat to cover your ears, something to protect your head. Um, my dad used to yell at me whenever I would come out of practice without a hat. Only be like, you're really sick. I'm like, I don't know what logic that is, but all right, let me just put on a beanie. So yeah, those I'm, three things. I'm glad to know that's universal parenting. The classic put on a coat, put on a hat. Otherwise you're going to get sick. Yes. No science. I mean, there could be a science behind it, but there's never any evidence provided. It's just straight up, put oh. that on, you're going to get sick. Literally, oh. and you're like, why? Because I said so. Okay, I guess that's the logic. <laughs> exactly. I guess that's the logic. Classic. Literally. Because I said so. <laughs> Always the go-to. And Ivan, this was tremendous. Unless you have anything left you want to say to the viewers or to us, I think perfect time to wrap it up. Yeah, no, thank you guys for having me on. This is great. I loved it. You know, it was a ton of fun. Definitely glad we got you on. It's great insights mm -hmm. there. I think the listeners are going to enjoy it. So appreciate mm -hmm. you taking the time. Definitely. No, thank you guys for having me again. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. And as always, 
PPP, PPP out. out. Peace.